So obviously want to talk about the new album and get your thoughts on a couple things. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I guess we should dig right into the album. You know, I've been talking to everyone I've been talking to has kind of been focusing on what have you been doing during this pandemic? But I think I already kind of know the, the answer to that question is really producing this album pressure, which kind of seems like it maybe should have been called trial and error because you kind of... Yeah, man. You know, I mean, it was the whole process. was It was sort of like throwing paint at a wall and you don't know what, what the end product is going to look like, but you just hope it's something that's, that's enjoyable to look at. And, uh, you know, I think when this whole lockdown started and all of our tour dates were canceled, we, we thought, well, what are we going to do? And we called the album Pressure because that's what we were feeling. And this album was just our way of trying to take a negative feeling and turn it into something positive. Speaking of the album and the artwork, I love the little potentiometer in the red. Whose, whose idea was that? Was it your idea? Yeah, man. Well, because we, we did the whole record in my basement studio at home. So we were kind of nerding out on gear and trying to figure out what we needed to buy in order to do it and to make it sound competitive. And, you know, we were just kind of jumping through the hoops that, that we felt we needed to jump through. And one thing I noticed was that, that often whenever I looked at the VU meters, they were they were just getting crushed <laughs> because there was a lot of volume happening all the time. And I thought, you know what? That's kind of how I feel like as a person. I feel like right now the the VU meter is just pegged into the red and you know, because tensions are high with everybody, and yeah, and uh, so that it just seemed it seemed appropriate. It seemed like it fit. Yeah, no, it definitely definitely fits the uh, the mood. And, and one of the things I always love about your albums is I know I can just put it on and, and press play and let it roll. But uh, certainly coming out the gate strong with uh, pressure, and that tune was actually kind of written pre-pandemic though, right? Yeah, it was actually. It was one that I'd completely forgotten about and then Caleb said, hey, you might want to re-listen to this, you know, with, with new ears and, and kind of like, did we have a crystal ball? What? Did, <laughs> did you go see a psychic? You know, because it just, it felt really appropriate. So I do think that the the way that it was performed was very much influenced by, you know, the unraveling of 2020, but it was just written, I think for me personally about the pressures I was feeling because we, we spent so much time on the road the last few years. And so normal life kind of starts to fade away. And I, and I could sense that in myself. And, you know, all of a sudden, all of the pressures that we were feeling change, <laughs> changed. Different kind like, of They pressures. did a complete 180. Yeah. Well, you know, speaking of, of pressure and, uh, you know, quote unquote, normal life, but uh, you recorded crazy days with your wife. And I'm, I'm curious how that was like working with her and producing her. Or is it like, hey, honey, you're a little flat on that note. And she's like, well, you didn't take out the garbage last night you know or how did oh, how, how did that dude, dynamic I, work work, working with your wife dude i just got to keep my mouth shut no i'm just <laughs> kidding i don't know if i've ever heard her sing flat to be honest with you it's it's so effortless for her to just to just sing so beautifully that you know i, I just felt lucky to have her on the song like whenever i wrote crazy days I, I went upstairs and she was working on something and i said hey can i play this idea i'm working on and and she kind of chimed in immediately when once she learned the melody like by the second course she was singing the harmony wow can you come down real quick and <laughs> and just do it? And so, yeah, she just totally elevated the song to a completely other level. I love it, man. You don't see that too often in, in uh, music these days, but husband and wife, you know, helping each other out on a tune like that's really cool. Yeah, man. You know, we've, we're pretty fortunate. We we always just try to support each other and add to and, and never take away from. And, you know, she sang on a couple tracks on, on the Pressure album. And, you know, I got to do some co-writing with her on their last record and played a little guitar on it. And since this album was finished, we actually recorded a Larkin Poe record in my home studio as well, which is going to come out in November. Awesome. Well, this November or next November? November. This November. Oh, wow. 
Really quick. Awesome. Looking forward Making to Making music, man. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, speaking of friends helping out, I uh, wanted to talk a little bit about Holding My Breath, one of my, my favorite tunes on the album, and kind of curious if it's friend or foe when you think about that tune obviously friend with charlie star blackberry smoke helping out but the foe mm-hmm. part because I, I learned about all the uh, the trouble you had laying down the solo for that one. Oh man yeah well you know the funny thing is it's all about capturing the moment and so and part of capturing the moment comes down to the, the technical side of it like actually having everything set up to capture you you know making sure the camera is in focus and I felt like I nailed the solo of holding my breath which is one of my favorite songs on the album so I really wanted the solo to say something and the first take I did nailed it I was like that's it doesn't get any better for me signed off which is rare for me because normally I can just go and go until (laughs) someone has to make me stop right and then we listened back and the tone was garbage and it was like oh man and then I just had a I had a hard time finding the magic you know we we were burning the candle at both ends pretty much the entire process The, the whole record was recorded in 20 days you know I was sort of completely immersed in it because it was in my house so it was sort of like an alcoholic living in a bar you know what I mean? <laughs> like I was never, I was never not completely 100% in the album. I couldn't leave and go home. It was, it was there. I was right. in it. And uh, with that particular solo, like everyone left and everyone told me to stop. They said, you definitely have it. Just listen fresh and tomorrow. And I just kept going. And then I woke up and listened to it. And I was like, no, nah, I don't have it. So I tried it a bunch. And then I took a walk and you know 150 takes later i had it (laughs) like it it was so weird because like 150 takes later then i just played one and i listened to it and i was like that's it and i didn't think about it again i was done (laughs) crazy how that happens how about for for charlie star getting involved i imagine you guys are old friends and and met each other on the road was he able to come out for that or did he have to kind of mail in his parts for it yeah he he mailed in his parts i just texted him one one night i kind of got a wild hair and thought man, it would be so great if Charlie could sing on this. I could just sense that that high harmony was right in his sweet spot. Well, who am I kidding? His, his entire voice is like his <laughs> sweet spot. He's just a freaky good singer. He was kind enough to send back a vocal, and and, uh, and we just went back and forth through text message, and we're really good pals, and, and I have just a tremendous amount of respect for Charlie. Do you remember how or where or when you met him? I remember the first time I met Charlie was we were playing in Los Angeles, California at a charity event called the Boot Ride. It was a thing that was huh. put on with a lot of the Sons of Anarchy cast. Okay. And that was the first time I saw Blackberry Smoke and Charlie and I said hi to each other. And he asked me where I got my pants. <laughs> and I was like, I said something stupid because I didn't want him to go out and get the same pair of pants. It was really like looking back on it now, I was a little kid and it's really funny because he's the kindest person ever. And then and then we toured together, the, you know, in the last couple of years and, and we, we've done a lot of shows together and it was so much fun touring with Blackberry Smoke because I would get a text message from Charlie, you know, on show days being like, we're playing this song tonight, you know, like we're playing Street Fighting Man or we're playing, he would just send me a random song and, and then we'd come out and do the encore and that'd be what we played. I mean, he, he's sort of like a musical encyclopedia. He just knows so many songs and he knows how to properly play them. And it kept me on my toes. I would always wait for a text from him going, all right, cool. That's the song I got to learn. <laughs> like I got to, I got to learn the slide part for I won't back down before their encore. Got to cram. Were you yeah, good, exactly. Were you a good student or were you kind of like the last minute kid? I was a pretty good student, but I was absolutely 110% the last minute kid. <laughs> feel like I was able to like cram a lot into a little. 
And, you know, speaking of, of uh, shows and stuff, I wanted to get your take on, on the live stream and how that was for you. Was it was it just like a, a practice being recorded or did it feel like a little bit more to it for you? We definitely approached it with a very pointed intention. You know, I went through all of the same rituals that I normally go through before we do a shakedown show and, and tried to imagine the faces that I've that I've really grown to miss the faces at the barricade that you get used to seeing from city to city. You know, it's, it's like, I can, I can like picture, picture them vividly. I kept my eyes closed during the live stream because I was really just trying to imagine kind of giving the record to our fans. You know, I was, I was trying to imagine playing pressure for the first time in France or playing it for the first time in Lexington, Kentucky and you know what it would be like and just kind of drawing from past experiences and, trying to channel that into something that would be exciting for our followers. For you personally, did you enjoy the experience? Is it something that it, it, if you have to, you would do again? Yeah, of course. I mean, it's, it's playing music, you know? I mean, I would do it. I would do it for nobody, you know? We've, to be honest with you, it felt like an early shakedown show because we used to go, we used to drive <laughs> 10 hours to play for four people, and that's about how many people were in the room. <laughs> so I was like, cool, we're back at it, man. Like, it just, it felt good to have the amps out of the road cases and to turn up really loud. And we, we pre-recorded it just so we could really focus on the audio since it was going to be the first time that people were going to hear these songs live. So we had this guy, Brennan, who's done front of house with us forever, come out and record it, mix it, which I don't think that people even realize it's like by buying a ticket to our live stream, you're actually supporting people, you know, that, that do keep the wheels turning on live music. Absolutely. So it, it, it turned out to be a really special event and there was a live chat during the show and we were able to kind of get as close to our supporters as we could, you know, during this time. That's great, especially, you know, with the, with the whole pandemic and how the year turned out. And you guys were originally scheduled to be part of the uh, Nickelback tour. Yeah, we were going to be out with Nickelback and Stone Simple Pilots. And then we were going to be, we would have been in Europe right now as well. Man, and you know what? I'll, I'll defend Nickelback. I was glad to see you on that tour because I know they're one of those polarizing bands. People either seem to love them or hate them, and I got no problem with them. I think they rock and they're cool, and I, I don't know what the big beef is, why everyone seems to pick on them, but... Well, I mean, dude. I mean, if, if anybody is successful enough, people will start to hate on them. I, you know, I don't. I don't know. I'm not like a huge Nickelback fan, but you know, my father is. You know, and whenever I think about like what my dad is listening to, my dad is the epitome of blue collar, like middle America, hardworking guy. You know, and he's heard a few songs that he related to enough that he's like, I'm gonna buy this record. So that says something to me. And and I went out and watched him play one time, and it was a pretty stellar live show. Yeah, they. Put so I was I was show. looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. That would have been a fun one. And, and STP, I mean, oh my God, talk about yeah. Well, STP factory. is the reason we were even on that tour. You know, they. I think they kind of said, "Yo, we'll do this if if you bring out the shakedown." Really? Do you have a relationship with those guys? Or are they just fans, or how did that come about? Um, yeah, they, they, we met them through a fan club. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, we we did a tour last year. We did a tour last year with STP and Rival Sons. And, okay, and really just became great friends with the STP guys. They're just salt of the earth humans. And I was texting with them being like, dude, this is going to be like a, like a rock and roll field trip for us. I couldn't wait to get out and play with them every night, but uh, there will be more shows. I can't wait. You know, speaking of, of STP, it's kind of funny. There's a little music game. I usually kind of wait more towards the end, but I'll go and throw it in now. A little music game that I like to play with everyone because ultimately what you do what i do we're all just music fans right right we love music speaking of stp there's a i like putting groups in 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 groupings and then kind of little categories and kind of make you pick your favorite out of them and going back okay. to, to their heyday the early 90s i've kind of encapsulated for what i like to call the 
Flannel 5 for their kind of era of bands. Mm-hmm. I'm curious who your favorite would be. Not that they could tour or anything, but just your favorite out of the five. Nirvana, Pearl Jam, STP, yep. AIC, or Soundgarden. Oh, man, my favorite. Uh, you know, I've got to say Soundgarden is my favorite. You know, I've, I've got a sweet spot in my heart for everything that Chris Cornell does. You know, I mean, he is just one of my favorite songwriters, one of my favorite lyricists, one of my favorite singers. And to get this, dude, the Shakedown got hired to be Chris Cornell's backing band for a gig in Dallas, which was no the way. first time we ever got to play in a stadium. And I got to sing Hunger Strike with him. Oh, Can you believe that? We got to that? rehearse it in the Dallas Cowboys locker room. Wow. And I was just playing it, and he's like, can you sing the other part? And I was like, Eddie's part? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I can sing it. And uh, man, it just, he was so cool. It was so awesome to meet him. And just one of my favorite experiences I've ever had in my entire life was getting to just play an A chord with him. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, I'm sure he had the guitar on for a few to- few songs too. So you're singing and playing guitar with him. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm there with like, I was there with, with my buddies, you know, and, and we were kind of looking at each other going, is this real? Like, are we doing this? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I think SDP and Soundgarden are, are definitely up there um, as my favorites in that category. It would be a very close, a close match. And then Allison Chains would be my next pick. You know, speaking of, of bands that you've played with and another massive band that, that you had played with, I'm curious if you had any highlights or moments with any of the guys or, or sound check experience or side stage, but you got to tour with Guns N' Roses. Yeah. Yeah, man. That was um, that was a pretty trippy experience. You know, we did, I think, 29 or 30 shows with them on their Not In This Lifetime tour so far, which is like the tour that just keeps going. Yeah. Um, it's been awesome, you know. We've had a great time. We, we got to do South America with them. We got to go around Europe. We got to do quite a few shows in the state. Dude, we got to fly on their plane with them in South America, which was pretty far out because we were supposed to be flying commercial. Mm-hmm. We booked the cheapest, most like cost-effective, you know, budget airline <laughs> to try and save costs because we're touring in a different country and we're used to just living in a van. And right. we got hit up by their crew and they were like, hey, do you guys need a ride? And we got to go on their jet and eat filet mignon and, wow. and fly on the GNR jumbo jet. It was so cool. Duff came up and said, like, well, I guess we picked up some stragglers, you know. <laughs> you know, we, we tried to fly pretty comfortably under the radar on those tours. I didn't meet Axel until probably 10 shows in with him whenever he started singing for ACDC because that, that rocker bus tour was kind of how we got introduced to Axel. Ah. And I met him and he said, yeah, I got out of my car the first night in Lisbon, Portugal, and I heard you guys playing. And I thought, great, finally an opening bed. I don't have to insert the expletive that you're thinking about right there. <laughs> finally an opening band I don't have to ignore. And I thought that was a pretty interesting compliment. That's, that's super high praise from the man himself. That's huge, man. Yeah, it was very cool. And, and then I got the same for Slash, because you're not only a singer, but guitar player. Did you ever get to touch the Les Paul or anything? You know, I touched a couple of his Les Pauls. It sounds kind of kind of weird when I, when I say it like that, but yeah. Strum, play. Whenever I first met him, he and Graham had known each other, met each other a few times before, but when I first met him, I was pretty freaked out that he said that he had our CD in his car. That I is. thought that was cool. Did he say which one? Or probably the latest it was, one? It was the, it was the, it was the Wayside EP. Oh, wow. Old school. Old school, yeah. Throwback. Let me ask you, just since we're talking GNR, are you more of an appetite guy or an illusions guy? I'm appetite, yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah. It's nostalgic for me. That's like something I used to play air guitar to when I was a kid, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that album, I think, is... Probably one of the greatest, if not the greatest, debut albums ever. I mean, just flawless and, and raw. 
yeah, they really set the bar there. But yeah, I mean, that was what was so cool about touring with, with them in ACDC, because I have, I have very vivid memories of being a kid going over to my friend Hunter's house, you know, while we were in elementary school, and, and his dad had a Les Paul and a, a Strat and a big CD collection, and, and we would throw in ACDC, we'd play Hell's Bells, and we felt like we were just like living on the edge singing those words out, because we weren't, we weren't allowed to talk like that otherwise, <laughs> you know, and then we'd put on Appetite, and then we'd put on Van Halen, you know, yeah. and we'd be running with the devil, and it ain't talking about love, and just, I was holding a guitar, I didn't know how to play anything on it, but I was holding it, and I was able to like feel rock and roll through the just even having it on. Yeah. And I think that by getting the tour with those bands, it definitely woke up the little kid in me. You know what I mean? Pinch yourself moments. I felt like I was just like hearing that music for the first time again. Yeah, it took you back to being a kid with it, strapping on the guitar, not knowing how to play it. That's what's so awesome about music, isn't it, though? Like, you know, you can hear a song, you know, I can hear a Tom Petty song, and all of a sudden it takes me right back to a moment when I'm 17 and experiencing certain things for the first time, like, like I, I think about like moving and I moved to Nashville when I was 17. I used to drive around listening to Tom Petty. One night I got pulled over, you know, and I, I was just driving around. I, I was like right on the, the same street that Broadway turns into West End. And this cop pulled me over and was like, why are you speeding? I said, I was listening to Tom Petty. And he said, well, what song? I said, honeybee. And he was like, good answer. Have a nice night. And in that moment, I don't <laughs> think I ever felt more free in my entire life. <laughs> you know, That is awesome. Uh, Tyler, I appreciate all the time. Last, last thing for you. And you kind of touched on it, but especially with you being a guitar player, I mean, talk about the the greatness of Eddie Van Halen. My first guitar as a kid was a children's replica of Frankenstein. I think he's just going to be greatly missed by the by the music community, by the rock and roll community. I keep thinking like that. I feel grateful just to have been on the world while he was on the world, you know, and to to have these records that he left behind. It's pretty remarkable. I'm just a fan, obviously, listening to the tunes. But as a guitar player, can you break down his brilliance or some of it or, or what catches your ear about his greatness? He's technical while being lyrical. You know, it, it's it's not just like, you know, guitar heroics, like for guitar heroics sake, he's he's being very technical while also playing solos that we can sing. He's using it as a voice rather than just like throwing a bunch of math at you and a bunch of science at you. He's He's got the skill, but he's also got the soul, you know, and that's the thing I always really appreciated and respected about him. Yeah, I mean, the guy could obviously like Eruption told everyone this guy can play, but he could also write hits and he could also write ballads and play piano and just uh such a tragic oh, unreal yeah all right last question for you tyler to go out i don't want to go out on a bummer note kind of a fill in the blank question okay and it goes like this when it comes to blank i spare no expense outside give me something outside of music not equipment or gear or anything like that what's the one thing that you have to have outside of music what's your love outside Ooh. of music when it comes to barbecue i spare no expense <laughs> Of course, being in, being in Nashville, a barbecue is left and right. I know, you yeah. Well, I'm from Texas, and now I live in Tennessee, so it's like there's two great barbecue spots there. i got to earn my place in, this, in these cities, you know? Is there a big difference between the two barbecues? Well, wherever I go, it's Texas. It's Texas barbecue. Like, that's my style. But this is the first time I've ever really had a full summer at home in Nashville because I'm always on the road. Right. So I went and bought a uh, bought a new smoker and I, and I went big, you know. And I've just been <laughs> I've been enjoying like cooking for my people and like dropping food off at people's houses, you know. <laughs> that's awesome, man. So that's yeah, I love it, man. Yeah, smoking and and cooking. My brother just bought one, so I've been eating off of his all summer, and it's uh, it's the best. It's the best. Well, man, if you ever if you ever in Nashville and you need some good barbecue, hit up your boy. All right. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was there last year. I was going to ask you too, is it, have things kind of returned or is it still kind of a ghost town? I'm trying to think what's the um, main Broadway? Is that the big street? Yeah, Broadway. Yeah, I think I think Broadway is probably pretty hopping. I do, I do like a, a lot of people I know personally have been getting have been getting sick recently so mm. I've, I've been a little hesitant to, to go out and, and conduct business as usual but uh you know i know people are doing it and you know everyone's kind of going at their own pace so who knows hopefully we, we get through this sooner than later well tyler i appreciate all the time thank you so much absolutely brother i look forward to seeing you when this all clears up all right hell yeah have a good one man right. stay safe later man bye bye dude you rock Thanks for checking out the entire podcast. Now do me a favor and subscribe to it. Radioactive Mike Z, available on all the major platforms. And while you're at it, follow me on Instagram at MikeZ967, and I'll follow you back, bro. Most importantly, don't miss the show, Wired in the Empire, every Saturday night, 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on 96.7 KCAL Rocks.